Hello, and welcome to Mind Matters, podcast presented by A Light for Change, where we talk about the who, what, where, how, and why we as a community can make positive changes. The when is up to all of us, and it starts with you. Before I start, let's get into a positive zone, and I'll share my thoughts on a question from the Graduate Thrivers Paz Cards. The card drawn is yellow for forethought, and the question is, what would you like to stop doing? I would like to stop being so hard and critical on myself. Stop overreading the reaction of those I care about and considering them a reflection of my misdoings. Stop racing through my plans so I can savor the process with dedication, preventing burnout. And to stop neglecting myself for my lofty ambitions and others' needs or preferences. This is Season 1, Mental Health. Episode 11, Accepting the Role You Play in Life. We have spent a lot of time learning how our minds work so far, and in each episode, I gave you ideas on how you can support others going through their mental health journey, which is all of us, really. From here forward, we are going to talk about how we interact with the world around us. I call this Accepting the Role We Play. I am not referencing behaviors acted out in a scenario, but how one contributes to a situation instead. One's contributing role extends past the initial choice into the ripples that created and flowed off of that choice. A moment is a moment, unchanging point of source input. But from that moment, there is a story that tells how one sees the picture that is playing out, revealing the factors involved in the thought process, outlining the impacting tone, determining relations, questioning your entitled ownership of self, testing your commitment, and the continuous repercussions of a moment. In season two, we will go through all of these parts of the story, but in this episode, I will briefly introduce them and how they relate to the health of our minds. The way one sees the picture that is playing out reveals a person's purpose, perspectives, and energy regarding a moment, and life in general. Purpose is part of the role we play when interacting with the world, often considered a cosmic designation that is out of our control. The current popular mindset is that life is a game where a cosmic energy plays our hand for us, and we just have to deal with the consequences. But the reality is, we are playing subconsciously and not accepting how we create the scenarios through our thoughts, perspectives, and how we choose to interact. Where life plays for us is in the rule it has that after every move, another player has to make a move, creating a ripple effect of personally coded, automated responses and reactions. When we play the game of life without mindful intention, we can feel like we have no control, leaving us feeling downtrodden with afflicted mindsets. But it is possible to be the architect of your life and the story that extends in every direction out of it. Just understanding how a moment radiates into multiple moments is a big step towards mindful intention. You do not need to know your grand purpose, but you need to keep your eyes open to see where life presents opportunity to seize the moment. This is where perspective comes into play. When your mind is afflicted, even mildly, it can be hard to have an open mind or to see beyond yourself, which is why understanding your mind's health is so important. 
Our internal dialogue can distort the information received from source input, making us react under false pretenses and ignorance. We move on from that moment so quickly, we fail to recognize the hidden value that our inter interactive fingerprint had in the moment we left, which touches on the few other parts of your role story and reflects on what we consider our worth in the grand scheme of things. It is important to be mindful of all the information a moment throws at you, which is why there is so much talk in mental health care about being in the moment and taking it all in. This will help you understand how your energy, which I consider to be the physical display of your emotions and mood, affects others like a contagion. Even if the energy you put into the environment is released subconsciously, it still has the ability to change the way a moment moves forward by setting the mood. Your energy changes the quality of the fingerprint left behind in your mind after the moment has passed. A moment is given a pull, positive or negative, at that point of input, but <clears throat> the amount or scale of change of charge in positive or negative of these emotions felt is which which will determine how we will recur how it will recur in your thought processing in future similar situations thought processing is something we talked about when discussing facing your feelings and unlocking your thoughts but it plays a key aspect in our awareness opinion and judgment of interactions we have with the world around us awareness is how our thoughts affect our choice of play in that moment. Like with poker, in life we are constantly trying to guess what the cards the other parts of the moment hold and how those cards might be played. It is rare though that we actually know what card are in play at a given moment, so our brain fills in the blanks for how it thinks the moment might play based on the information it has stored from past experiences. If we are not aware of how our past is influencing our future, we tend to feel like we have no control, making us feel so helpless we don't even have the ambition to inform ourselves of alternative ways of thinking, perceiving, or acting. Allowing ourselves to become naive to all the possibilities of a moment, we limit our abilities to have empathy for other players sometimes becoming ignorant, forgetting they have any value or contribution in life. When we don't understand how others have value, we start to place our opinion as being validated higher than others. There is no wrong path, just your path, another's path, is their path, alone. Not right or wrong. Life is a journey with winding paths that enter twine and weave through a series of events that each give us an opportunity to play intentionally or to let our coded program draw from our deck like most card games and like most card games you could be losing for most of the game and still come out the winner it is kind of like saying there are multiple ways to skin a cat most often we form an opinion based on experiences that have proven to make the opinion a fact as far as you're concerned. For example, if you've met 
several Canadian tourists, you would probably have the opinion Canadians are all nice people. If you were a UN representative, you'd likely have the opinion Canada was a meat country. But if you were a German on D-Day, you'd certainly see Canadians as a determined force of reckoning. Canada can be all those things and so much more. When we use our opinions as part of a thought process, it could be harder to read the information a moment presents to you. Perhaps you travel to Canada with the idea that all Canadians are nice, so you book a hotel in the, one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in one of the biggest cities to get a good deal. Just because you have experienced nice Canadians doesn't mean all Canadians are nice. Another aspect of thinking our opinions are fact is overreaching our contribution. Overreach can be seen from global issues to home issues and everything in between. Overreaching your opinion could be helpful if it's presented in the right way, which is often hard to determine. But mostly it can make others feel unheard, overpowered, and incite a defense response. We see this regularly when observing parents interacting with teens, leaving both sides exhausted and defeated. The flip side of that example is that the opinion was expressed due to a judgment, again, based on our consideration of what is correct or incorrect. <coughs> we tend to penalize others and choose not to include them when we judge, like determining if you like a book based just on its cover. When others do the same to us, we take it as an accurate reflection of who we are by personalizing their opinion as fact, allowing us to diminish what we think we are capable of. Both penalizing and personalizing limits our experiences, closes doors on opportunities, and makes us miss moments we should have seized because we either counted ourselves out or others before giving the chance to see what may come. The best way I have found to ensure proper use of awareness, opinion, and ju judgment have been to around since way before society started considering mental health as anything other than retardation. Socrates gave us his three sieves. The first sieve is to ask if it is truthful. The second sieve is to ask if it is good or kind. And the third sieve is to ask if it is necessary. Tolstoy gave us his three questions for life. When is the right time for every action? Who are the right people to listen to? And what is the most important thing to do? There is also important questions to consider. These are also important questions to consider when presented by the tone of a moment. The tone of a moment is created through communication, attitude, and expression, insinuating a sense of command, excitement, disappointment, sadness, satisfaction, agitation, interest, and so forth. How we communicate with others not only conveys our thoughts and emotions, but also determines the kinds of responses we get. There are three styles of communication, passive, assertive, and aggressive. Each have their benefits and disadvantages. The assertive middle ground is generally considered the ideal to communicate with, but the key is having respect for others while moving between them all as the moment reveals is necessary. My resiliency workbook points out that positive communication with others includes clearly stating your feelings and needs, being aware of your body language, posture, and facial expression, using coping skills when needed, 
being confident in saying no, using coping skills to self-calm, be open to feedback, include positive words when giving feedback, and give others time to reflect by knowing when to look away and when to keep eye contact. We can improve the cause and effect aspect of communication when we move between these styles and improve our ability to communicate with productive efficiency. We do this by changing the inflection, adjusting our subconscious body language, and altering how we interpret others' communication, allowing our ears to hear more than our own perspectives, knowing when to reflect or counteract others' communication styles with your own, and moderating our attitude towards the conversation. Everything is about attitude and perspective. If you want to be your authentic self, you need to let go of what you thought you would be, who you were told you should be, and what society has said is the best way to be. You need to have courage, compassion, commitment, and clear communication for and with yourself and those around you so you can be seen for who you are. Have gratitude for life through each small thing and a wonder less to explore those small things far and wide. Mindfulness for all things around you as well. It is okay to be vulnerable. If you embrace that you are and continue to move forward, humbly growing from it. Attitude is a double-edged sword as it can be your greatest benefit or hindrance and sometimes both in the same breath. I'm sure we have all known someone that was so driven and dedicated they alienated themselves from loved ones or someone so good at living in the moment they often took many risks and lived haphazardly. Others interpret us by our attitude as if it were the synopsis to the whole story even though they are only reading the the one chapter halfway through the third book in a collection of ten. How we express ourselves goes hand in hand with our communication and attitude, but also outlines our lifestyle preference, our our stability, and our approachability. Your expression is how you come across to others. It may be labels such as boisterous, defensive, cold, energetic, slow, laid back, attentive, shallow, sarcastic, morbid, someone of integrity, fortitude persistent, and even open-minded, though it is certainly not all the ways one can express themselves. So far, we have talked about how we portray ourselves and how others perceive us, determining how we relate with others, which is the basis of a relationship. Society today has mistakenly aligned with relations with partnerships, the later meaning to choose to move forward together making agreements for the benefit of the whole. Relations can be partnerships, but they can also be ongoing or limited interactions with a connection, asset purpose, and or potential, among other things. Connections can be either physical, mental, or emotional, but contain a sense of intrigue, comfort, and desire to keep connecting. Not all connections are good for us, but they are all wanted for the duration of the interaction. Most relations are not so much a connection, but an asset for one or both parts of an interaction. 
Though we do not find many partnerships based on this kind of relation, such sorry, we do find many relationships based on this kind of partnership, such as narcissistic relationships formed from converting what other coveting what another has. Whether an asset relationship has depth and longevity or not depends on the existence of a motive, cause, or intention. The potential of a relationship is the factor that determines how healthy it is to have. Some relations enhance your potential by bringing in a complementary nature. Some relations are neutral, where both grow separately but are supportive with indifference. Some relations will limit your potential, degrading your mindset so you become your own blockade or drawing all your energy for personal gain. How the relationship functions is not as important as knowing where to apply your energy and owning your part in the relation. Owning your role in every interaction requires making choices you accept the consequences for, taking responsibility for your part in an outcome and advocating for yourself by disclosing with humble vulnerability. You can choose how you live, work, love, parent, play, connect with others, and grow. Life is messy. Love it by cleaning it up to suit the best way for you to experience it. We grow through trials and tribulations. If not, we would become complacent. The societal sayings, such as love makes us do silly things, you can't teach a dog new tricks, are excuses for complacency. Complacency is the blockade to positive action. We know there is a better way, but we feel insignificant, ignoring the power in numbers. So we allow those we have appointed to make decisions for us. They make decisions for big ticket items like economy. Their role is to ensure countries, the country's place in the world which lends only a small portion of concern to the quality of life of the citizens, generally only in concern for the Potemkin show put on by the tourism industry. However, complacent or not, the choice is always our own. Even if someone else contributes to your choice, it is still ultimately a choice you made and need to accept the consequences for. When it comes to your role and choice in an interaction, there are three parts that have the most connection to your mental health. Intention, value, and charge, as well as impact. It can be hard to own your choices if you make them without conscious thought in a reaction because it means you haven't aligned an intention with a choice to suit your path or goal. Sometimes our intention in a choice is not for our growth, but for other reasons like social acceptance, running on low energy, love, lust, need for funds, fear of judgment as a defense mechanism, or even in consequence to a previous choice that didn't work out as planned. These are just a few reasons we choose with intentions that don't align to our needs, but they all lend to a value and charge of a choice. A low-value choice can be one that is non-consequential, like what to eat for dinner that usually has a neutral charge but will move into a positive and negative charge based on your personal circumstances. 
For instance, I'm really underweight, so choosing empty calories or to skip a meal, it will have a huge negative consequence for my health. Or if I choose to eat breakfast, which I often forget, it will have a positive value because I have provided my tripart self more fuel to process my always thinking and moving lifestyle. Choices with high value make a big difference in your life or affect more than one area of your life, such as choosing your career, a partner, to have a family, moving, acquiring an education, or making high-cost purchases such as a vehicle. Though these things are just a few examples of high-value choices, the charge any high-value choice has depends on how it impacts your life in compensation for the past or in progression of the future. High-value choices tend to take place in our long-term memory as a fingerprint that is recalled every time we make another choice related to a remotely corresponding experience. If the choice was charged negatively, like a rejection would cause, it will instill reactions such as worry, reduce confidence, suppress your voice, or even avoidance altogether, where positively charged high-value choices that are stored in long-term memory tend to promote future behaviors that are driven, confident, and calculated. The impact of a choice is where it most often takes a toll on our mental health because it is where we form the biased rules of thumb that kind of direct our life by having focused on a certain lifestyles. Sometimes the -the behind-the-scenes directions are good for us, but sometimes they are debilitating on many levels. When the impact of a choice stops you from following the path you intended for yourself, the negative affections start to pile on. This is like me and my Connect the Dots story of self-sabotage, where I fear losing by choosing personal success So for a long time, I stopped trying to succeed at all. I lived a perfectly boring and mediocre life. Choices are at the base of both your role and your plan, but under any circumstances, they are your responsibility. The easiest and most common thing for humans to do is place blame. In putting the onus on others, we excuse our behaviors and justify our actions. Undoubtedly, The point of blame is the beginning of understanding why one interacts with a situation in a certain way. But the power you give yourself, the power to give yourself a happy life is in the understanding of the ripples upon ripples that blamed interaction and all succeeding interactions thereafter affected. Taking responsibility for what comes of your interactions with the world creates a rule that ensures you choose in a way that you will be happy within the future. And be able to know that the negative ripples that resulted from your play were such to inspire positive in the big picture. Negative incidences can be made happy by seeing the lesson, which is why I say in future reflection. I like to help people understand What I mean by this, by telling people to ask with each choice how you're going to tell the story to your grandchildren one day or whomever you plan to associate with from a younger generation than yours if you don't plan on having children yourself. 
Another way to think of it is, if you were to write a biography in your later years, how would this moment read? People come and go from our lives all the time, some leaving in and out, while others are with you for just a while. But in the end, all that will be left is a memory of you, which is why it is important to advocate for yourself by disclosing with humble vulnerability. Believe you are worth having a life story that a reader would hardly want to stop reading. The taboo around caring for our minds has left us in a world where everyone we encounter is subjecting personal levels of expectation and understanding upon us, making it hard to be your own unique self while being able to fit in and provide as well. In earlier episodes, I talk about distress management and emotional hygiene, emotional readiness, and putting them into daily practice. The reason this is important is that coping well in a moment is not the end of the effect of that moment. We carry the emotions over to other moments. Sometimes we take it out on people we trust and feel open with. Other times we avoid putting ourselves through the same or remotely similar situations. You may even partake in negative self-dialogue. These things can make it difficult handling others who don't understand the invisibility of your vulnerability. Often we encounter confrontation, even in the mildest form, we go into fight and flight and get angry, feel shameful, and look to avoid either directly or through emotional numbing. What I have learned is that this takes away the good in life and increases the negative influence of our thoughts. A more effective way is to stay in the moment and adjust our behaviors so that others can see us a little more openly and we can communicate the vulnerability we have embraced. My resiliency workbook had the following to share about disclosure. Disclosure means sharing information about yourself. This could include information about where you've why you've been off work, medical tasks, a diagnosis, etc. It is important to understand your rights about disclosing information when you prepare for dealing with others. The following are some reasons why you may choose to disclose. If you are requesting changes in the environment, if you are requesting changes in how you complete tasks, to help reduce stress you may feel about hiding your conditions or afflictions, to improve communication with your employers so they are better able to respond to your needs. Reduce health-related stigma, stereotypes, and other perceptions of you that are misconstrued. The cons of disclosure or reasons you may choose not to disclose are lack of understanding from peers or authorities, privacy, feelings of shame and embarrassment, fear of discrimination, and fear of rejection, such as job loss or uh, alienation from friends. The workbook also discloses some of the best ways on how to disclose, which are staying clear of medical terms, use plain language, focus on your abilities, not your disabilities, prepare and practice what you will say ahead of time. Communicate any issues that may arise in a positive manner. Inform your employer of any action you plan if you become unwell.
this goes for when you're unable to think in a positive and productive manner as well. If you can communicate in advance how you plan to work through it, it can be very beneficial to them being supportive of you. Being true to yourself is the key to knowing if and when and what to advocate. The energy you have to give the world is dispersed by your choices. Some people are not worth the breath to explain as they have little impact or control in the long run, while others you will want to understand for reasons that are important to your own unique needs. Remember, though, you are the only one who hears your thoughts, knows your needs, and understands your plan. And it's not the responsibility of others to care for what you take ownership of and are committed to following. Commitment is the most important part of your role in interactions. The world owes you nothing. If you want to live a fulfilling and happy life, you must be dedicated, willing, and have the courage to do so. Dedication is defined by being devoted to a task or purpose, having single-minded loyalty or integrity, but I think it means not losing sight of your goals, aligning your choices with following the path you desire to get there, and being able to adjust so you can keep going when the road gets rough or, gets, or find ways that get you back to the path when you get a little lost. Having a willingness to live and try regardless of the outcome is incredibly vital to the role of commitment. Life is full of what ifs that he, if you're not willing to try can easily become I wish I had. It helps to remember that opportunity is always knocking if you are willing to open your mind to sensing them. A curiosity to explore different avenues and a desire to do something geared towards your personal goals. Having courage means to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart, which is not the same as bravery, although most often you will need to be brave to do so. It means challenging reality by defying the odds and going against the norm if that is what is required for growth and movement you seek. Being resolute in standing for what is right instead of easy, giving all your choices positive charge, and always exploring new ways to keep moving onwards and upwards, adapting as you go. The universe has laws that for every action, there is an equal or opposite reaction, and seeing as we are making choices every second of every day, there are bound to be repercussions that affect your role no matter how safe or positive you choose to live. Repercussions will require you take you to take a role in adapting the world adapting as the world around you changes. Mindfully riding the waves that formed as the ripples of your choice bounce back off the opposite shore and allow time to take its turn influencing your path. Life doesn't always happen the way you plan, which is why you need to feel comfortable with adapting and finding an alternative path to achieving a life that brings you joy. You are the only one who can choose to see life as defeating, 
or just trying to show you a way to learn and grow. Humanity tends to get uncomfortable or overfocused, making it hard to see where we are falling short or need to learn to continue our growth trajectory. There will always be setbacks, life-altering moments, and things that trigger all those negatively charged fingerprints to start yelling at you. But you can choose how to move through it. The ripples and waves created by each of our choices make the ocean of life turbulent because there are 8 billion choices, choice pebbles being dropped into the water every second. But they are created to teach us how to navigate. With each wave that hits us, we have the choice to be the fish that swims in the dark murky waters, but is rarely able to survive above the water. Be the swimmer who has just who just keeps going till reaching the other side so they don't drown. The surfer that rides the waves and rests on board on the board that supports them. Or to be the lifeguard who pulls those who need help onto the boat bringing them to safety. But only a few get to be the bird that soars overhead, picking off the weak within the water while guiding those on the waters and feeding those on the other side with their eggs of knowledge. Just as few become the monsters of the deep, picking off the weak birds and scaring those navigating the waters, even fewer get to be angels filling the hearts of all the others with hope they get to choose to follow or not. As you traverse the waters, you will drift through experiences that will expose you to the other side when you observe the concept of yin and yang giving you fuel to see things a little different and steer towards a better way. It is what it drives humanity through the ages of time. Only time can tell what ways will hit you which will gently move you along and which will try to capsize the boats and boards pulling everyone around you under the water. Time is a difficult concept to understand because it exists in the past, present, and future, unending and ever-present, creating creating sentiment, plans, and understanding. Sentiment is uniquely personal and includes mental activities such as attachments, memories, and our haunted thoughts. Attachments are those people, places, and things that have meaning for us that we have moved on from but don't want to let go of. And memories are how we keep moments and people alive. They are what holds time in the past in a conceivable place we aspire to travel to if only it was possible to change just one thing from our past. Haunting is setting your mind in front of fact. It is best to document everything so you can determine the accuracy and tangibility. You should only keep in your closet what you plan to need or wish to have accessible for your day-to-day choices. If you keep ghosts in your closet, they will haunt your every choice, altering your perspective of the moment you are choosing in. Time exists in the future and present because we bring it to life with our dreams and aspirations, manifesting the path and all its parts to get there, but cannot be reached yet as not one of 8 billion choices 
have been dropped into life's ocean to give it form yet, existing only in each of our minds. When we get there, we are handed pieces of the puzzle in hopes we will be able to guess what the big picture might be. Few have mastered true understanding of the big picture. I can, can't say I have, but I can say I have pontificated a formula that from my practice helps in small situations to see as much of it as we can. In these extensions of a moment that one can see the 12 universal laws, I humbly call the stages of everything. When the keys are applied to understanding one's role or contribution, the names of each should be altered to suit the external. The first stage, being one statement, can be externalized in saying the perception. Stage two, where one weighs the odds, potential outcomes on that statement, could be externalized in addressing the weight of time experience. In the third stage, one takes ownership of choice, which stays the same with the inclusion of consequence. In the fourth stage, I refer to creating a path towards one's own goals, where under the consideration of role, the stage is more the path's radiating form, choice equivalent to stage 11, under the understood agreements. Being an externalized reflection, the fifth stage changes in suit from following the design path to acknowledging the consequences equivalent to stage 12. Stage six transforms the generation from generation to communicating awareness of the big picture with courage. Stage seven is heavenly despite externalization because one's judgment is removed, replaced with possibility. The reward of stage eight that compensates is being in harmony with the world around us by removing burden from the flow of experience. Stage nine is where one becomes a guardian of what results as generated from one's choices, which remains the cause of one's role in contribution. Nirvanic stage 10 is still nirvanic in the external view with an unbreakable tolerance to pain, where one is at peace with life, enabling one to live with joy. The 11th stage in the external is transformed to the one, the you that grew from the pain. And the 12th is the whole you that is moving into the future. Understanding what we reach from experiencing life and learning from our mistakes. It is the It is not for us to remove the experience from existence, but to show why it needed to be learned from. On a global scale, it creates an agreement that is understood universally. Understanding what is brought, what brought us from the days of the hunter-gatherers to what we are as humans today. However, on the smaller scale, is that person who says, hey, if you that results we're having, I don't think this is the best way. 
Perhaps we should try a different way. Then maybe a better way that when it works from a team effort becomes the new normal way of doing things. As I leave you to think on this topic, I challenge you to think about this mindfulness exercise until then as well. Think about all your interactions with the world around you. Do you think you leave a positive fingerprint behind you when you're, where you interact? What ways do you think you can create more positive interactions in your day tomorrow? I will close the conversation by drawing another card from the Positive Attitude Zone Pass Cards for short. The question will be the opening question for next episode. The card drawn is green for creative thinking, and the question is, if you could have any talent in the world, what would it be? Then we'll get to that next week, but in the meantime, you can get your pass cards, Positive Attitude Zone, at the www.graduatethrivers.com website, and that's spelt capital G, small r-a-d, capital U, small i-t, capital T, small h-r-i-v-e-r-s dot com. Stay wonderful, wholesome, happy, open-minded, and natural. Smile as much as you can. Take care until we talk again. This has been Heidi Hardy on Mind Matters Podcast, created by A Light for Change.